Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody, and Happy New Year! Welcome to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Happy New Year. Hello, hello. Happy New Year to you as well. Thank you. Um, I'm wearing a little party hat. I know. Actually, those buzzers would be terrible in our microphones. We'd get a lot of unsubscribers there. So you're welcome for not wearing party hats and doing those little Happy New Year buzzers. Uh, Oh, that was my... (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Couldn't couldn't resist. Um, the great thing, though, is that while we didn't bring those buzzers, we did bring our A game, and we are here to talk about how to set up 2022 to be your best year yet. We have some tips. We have some habits to set in place. Uh, all kinds of great stuff. So grab your pen and pencil, take some notes, because this will be a good one. Kate, where do we want to start? Let's start with goals because I feel like that's what's on everyone's mind, goals, resolutions, whatever you want to call it. And while that's a great place to start, we have a little bit of a caveat in that it's real hard to set a giant goal for the entire year at the very beginning of the year when a lot of things are going to happen throughout the year that, you know, things that maybe you're planning for and a lot of things that probably you're not planning for. So to kind of get around that, um, setting quarterly goals and looking at each quarter of the year as its own chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I will say that in the past, I have not been great about that personally in, in my copywriting business and in my uh, in this business. Um, and one of the things that our operations manager Caitlin has brought in is is which has helped organize both you and I, Kate, hasn't it? Um, is brought in quarterly quarterly goals for each 
uh, well, for each quarter. And it's really helped us all stay focused on what needs to get done. Because yeah, to your point, when you're like, well, I want to hit $100,000 12 months from now, mm-hmm. it's so far out that it's almost impossible to figure out how to get there. But when you break it down to 90 days, then it's... and. Quite frankly, too, if you want to break it down even smaller, if you break it, to, if you know what your quarterly goal is, then you can probably break that down into reasonable monthly goals. And then when you're checking in with yourself, and we'll talk a little bit about how often we recommend checking in with yourself. But when you're checking in with yourself, you can you have a better assessment of of where you are and what your chances are of hitting that goal. And if your chances are not looking great then you know that you can dial up the dial up the pitching you're doing or dial up the repitching you're doing to to previous clients. Yeah, I think when we go gung ho and want to accomplish lots and lots of lots of goals, we kind of stop there of like here's here's our top 3 or 4 goals or whatever it is and then there's no organization around making them achievable. So looking at those big goals and to Nikki's point, if it's a hundred thousand, six figures, whatever it is you want to hit by the end of the year, financial or otherwise other goals, looking at what that means for the kind of 90 day window ahead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and you need to check in with yourself on these goals regularly, put mm-hmm. time on your calendar, whether you want it to be Mondays, whether you want it to be Friday, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Mondays, Fridays, Tuesdays, whatever, but put time on your calendar, set it aside so that you know that for, you know, half hour, whatever, 15 minutes, you're looking at your, your and it, I was going to say looking at your financials. If it is indeed a financial goal for the year, we'll talk a little bit in, in terms of other kinds of goals that you could have. But for example, um, if it's financial goal, look at your financials and see where you are, what you've done, what you would like to improve or what went really well and checking in with yourself and having that time on your calendar. You know how crazy we are about putting time on your calendars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. because it works. Uh, putting that time on your calendar to check in on those goals makes it so much more likely that you will actually hit those goals and continue to hit those goals and get that momentum that hitting goals will give you. Yeah. And I would honestly recommend scheduling a couple of different types of things on your calendar. So like a a weekly planning session when you're kind of in the weeds, looking at what tactical things you actually need to execute on to, to deliver to your copy, your clients, or um, if it's, you know, a development goal, what you need to do to move forward on that. And then maybe monthly, you take a little further step back to look, you know, get yourself outside of the the day-to-day execution to see, okay, what have I done? What's coming ahead? What do I need, need to add or shift in my strategy? And then quarterly, check in with yourself and say, okay, did I reach my goals? What needs to be adjusted for next quarter? Is there anything that's bleeding over? Is there anything I can build upon from the last quarter? Um, and taking it even further out to like, get a bird's eye view of your business and adjust those goals as needed. Mm-hmm. So you're not always, you're not always in the weeds and you're not always way up here of like, here's this big thing. You need to do a mix and balance all of that. So put time on your calendar for those various planning sessions with yourself. Um, and you know, the weekly to Nikki's point, maybe it's 15 minutes, whatever it is. Maybe you need a little bit more time for the quarterly check-ins with yourself just to, you know, really dig into all of the numbers and all of the things that you've done. And the nice thing too, when you look at back at what you've done in the quarter, write it out so you can have that and say, oh, wow, I, you know, even if you didn't end up hitting your goal 
you'll be able to see, okay, here's, here's all the work I did do. Like I was going to applaud. I won't do that to the microphone, but (laughs) (laughs) clap for yourself (laughs) internally uh, and celebrate all of, all of those accomplishments. Uh, And then you might be able to pinpoint some holes and, and where, okay, here's where maybe, um, I didn't price a project right, or here's where I didn't account for this amount of time, or here's the day that I know I ended up, you know, surprised someone in my family got sick and I had to take care of them or whatever it is. And you can kind of point to areas um, and see if there's anything you can change about your habits or if there's anything that just, you know what, okay, this surprise event happened and life happened and, and that's okay. I had to take time away from my business to do whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you've ever worked in a a corporation or a large organization, they have monthly all team, all hands meetings. They have quarterly all hands meetings. They have yearly review meetings. You will have usually a weekly one-on-one with your supervisor. And there's a reason that they do that. It keeps everybody focused and it keeps everybody on track. And it also is, to Kate's point, an opportunity to celebrate the wins, but also figure out what kind of wasn't working and how you, how it can be improved. And, you know, just because you are a not corporation, but you are a business of one, doesn't mean that you shouldn't take those um, take those great ideas for bigger corporations. You know, we always talk about being the CEO of your own business. So have the same kind of meetings with your employee, which is yourself. <laughs> um, congratulations, you're employee of the month every month. Um, have those same meetings with yourself that an employee would have a CEO would have with employees in a big corporation, because there's a reason they do them. They work. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more manageable to pinpoint where things are going off track early on in the process. So if you skip those check-ins with yourself, you'll notice it feels a lot. There's a lot more to dig into, even if you think, okay, it's only been a week or a month or whatever, and nothing's really happened. If you really dig into it, there's, there's things that have happened. So you know, get, you can kind of course correct before it gets way too wildly off and you just feel overwhelmed. It can really help combat that. And so you're not like, Oh, I didn't hit my goal of sending, you know, this X many pitches. Okay. Why was that? Do I need to adjust that slightly? Do I need to, you know, give myself a range versus a hard and fast number? What can I do to at least make some progress versus going so far off the road that you're not making any progress at all. And then it becomes so much harder to even take that next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and as you were saying, the goals don't have to be financial. You know, mm-hmm. they absolutely can be if that's something that drives you, if that's something that motivates you, then fantastic. But don't make them financial just for the sake of mm-hmm. just for the sake of saying you hit a number. I mean, I guess you can if you want to. It's your life, your job, whatever. But um, examine if maybe there's a different goal that would be more meaningful to you and more exciting for you to pursue, you know, it, it could be, um, it could be saving a certain amount, which I guess, yes, is still financial or saving for a vacation or taking your kids on a vacation, but could it be something like taking a certain number of days off throughout the year or taking every Friday off? You know, Mm -hmm. if you used to work in a company where you worked like crazy and you felt like you never got time off, it could be a big, um, benefit to, to your wellness to say, all right, my goal is to take, or if you used to hate Mondays, maybe your goal is to take every single Monday off. I mean, you probably <laughs> won't hate them now because you have a different and much better job, but examine what could 
be, what could be a goal for you that would be meaningful? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it might be learning something, you know, a certain digging deeper into email funnels, if that really interests you, or maybe your goal is to land work with a particular type of client. You've never worked with an agency. Maybe your goal is to pitch more agencies this year and land work with an agency or, um, you know, land work with a certain industry. Maybe you're interested in, um, fashion and you really want to work with a a retail brand. Um, so figuring out ways to, to do that. And those are perfectly valid goals. I mean, um, I think we default to the financials because that's, you know, yes, we all need to make a living. Um, but if you're, you know, what, figure out your number, what makes you able to pay your bills, able to, you know, live the lifestyle that you want to live. And then beyond that, you know, just because, you know, if six figures doesn't matter to you, then great. If it does, great also. But I think we sometimes get hung up on other people's financial goals to think, well, if, if they're doing it, I should be doing it. But what works for, it doesn't, you know, your life is your own life. It doesn't necessarily work for you or have to work for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's one of the great things about, I always say that one of the great things, one of the many great so things um, about copywriting, about this career, about this flexibility is that you have the opportunity to figure out, to really like stop and figure out what matters to you and what you want your career to look like and, and how you want to set it up. And we don't really have that opportunity when we're on staff for a company. They they, I mean, and this, you still have that opportunity if you're on staff as a freelancer, excuse me, on staff as a copywriter. And that is still a very valid, um, valid career goal. Kate and I have both had fantastic uh, experiences being on staff. Um, but also too, even doing work that you are feeling fulfilled at, you have that opportunity to figure out, okay, what truly does matter to me? Where does my focus want to be? And your focus doesn't have to be the same in, in all in all portions of your life. You know, it could be, all right, well, I have little kids at home and I want to be able to spend a certain amount of time with them. So I'm going to be freelance and I'm going to make, my goal is to make X amount, not seven, not six figures, um, but X amount. Whereas maybe someone later on is there, all right, I, I have kids, the kids are in school. So I want an on staff copywriting job because I want that experience of working in an agency and doing that kind of, that kind of work. So it can, the goals that you choose today do not have to be the mm-hmm. goals that you choose next year or the year after that. And quite frankly, too, it's your life. So if in the middle of the year, you're like, you know what? I thought six figures mattered to me and it actually doesn't. So let me try something new. Um, I would recommend not hopping haphazardly because that can be a sign of resistance of like, oh, maybe I'll never hit this goal. So let me try something else instead. Just still challenge yourself. A goal should be a stretch, but it should be something that, that truly does matter to you. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And I think, you know, if your goal involves taking time off, you know, and having more time in your schedule for various things, block it off on your calendar. Now, if you know, Mondays are days you want off, block it off so that, you know, when a client asks if you're available, you have that visual cue of like, nope, I'm not available on this day. And might you have to break it? Sure. If you really want to, or need to be flexible, but at least having that cue doesn't, you immediately don't say, oh yeah, I'm available. And then remember, oh shoot, 
I meant to take every Monday off and I want to commit to that. So have those visual reminders in your calendar for areas where you want to take time off um, and schedule that vacation time too. Yes. Yeah. If you schedule don't some blocks. Yes, exactly. If you don't put it in there, uh, it's, you're not going to take it. They can, I'm real guilty of that. I love what I do, but I also haven't taken a vacation. I mean, there was a pandemic, but I haven't taken vacation in a while. Um, let's get into then kind of financial planning, just even if that's not your main goal and, and mm-hmm. kind of business planning and building. Um, one of my favorite uh, activities to do for myself for the business, we usually have the team do it at the beginning of the year, um, is to do a SWOT analysis, S-W-O-T. And what it is, it stands for strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Um, And if you want a a further breakdown, you can um, look on the Filthy Rich Writer website because we talk a little bit more in depth about it. But what you do is you sit down and you, as objectively as possible, Do some thinking about your business. What are the strengths? What do you really have going for you as a business owner? What are the weaknesses? What are areas that you need to improve on a little bit? The stuff that you're like, oh, yeah, I know. I need to work on that. Um, What are opportunities? What are areas or things that you're not capitalizing on that you could be, you know, maybe experience in the past that you haven't um, pitched those kinds of clients yet, or something you, something you learned in the past year that you could be using in this coming year. So opportunities Mm -hmm. and uh, what are, what are threats? What are coming up in your business and quite frankly, in your life, if it could, if it could uh, impact your business that, um, that potentially could hold you back, just things to be aware of so you can plan for. And that could be, um, it could even be, you know, personal things. If you are, um, if you are, for example, if I don't know why I keep coming back to kids today, um, but if you have decided to homeschool your kids, a, a genuinely a threat could be that the homeschool time will start to kind of bleed into your work time. And when you identify that as a threat, you can know that that's something that you have to be aware of and be careful and watch out for and and prevent as much as possible. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, your car is, you need your car, you use your car, it's coming up, it's old, it might be breaking. Maybe there's a financial element to that of, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I know this cost is kind of coming down the pike and I want to, I want to make sure I'm prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Or your computer. If you're like, you know, my computer's a little bit old. It's been a little glitchy. Mm. It might just die Do you die know on about me. my computer? <laughs> I do know about your computer. I'm talking to your computer right now. Stay strong, little computer. No. Um, but, it, you know, that is a potential threat. And you, know, you, can, you can save up money to buy a new computer or even just make sure that your backup software is... Is or that you have a backup. I think that's good. <laughs> when your computer is your livelihood, it's very important to have a plan B, whether that is an old laptop or a spouse's laptop or access to a library that has a computer mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Make yeah. sure you have that backup plan. And that your files are automatically backed up, um, whether you use a, yes. a, a, an automated system so mm-hmm. that when you're working on stuff and you save it, it goes 
up into the cloud as well as on your computer. So if your computer does die, it doesn't There's take no all of the work relief. you've done. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anything on your desktop should be Google Drive, Dropbox, whatever you use. Mm-hmm. Lots of free options there too for, you know, especially when you're working with Word docs, it doesn't take up a lot of space. So definitely if you haven't looked into a cloud solution, Mm-hmm. do that. That is one of your threats. Put that down as a threat. If you yeah. do not have a cloud solution, <laughs> Big make that an action item. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So do a SWOT analysis. Um, and quite frankly, I'm a little crazy about SWOT analysis. I love analyses. I love them. I love doing them for the business. I love doing them for me as a person where I can grow and mm-hmm. improve. And I love them. Um, so give them, give it a try, at least for your I love business. That idea of doing it for yourself too, though. Your business and then you as a CEO. Do a SWOT analysis for the CEO of your business. Yeah, That's, there are always oh opportunities to grow. And it can be, it's a good exercise to go, all right, what am I truly genuinely doing well? Just, and like I say, do it as CEO of your business. You can also do it for yourself as a person. I mean, you could do it as, who am I as a partner? Who am I as a parent? Who am I as a, I, I don't know, as the... Daughter, sister, brother. Daughter, sister, thank you. Cousin. Um, anything. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible as mailman. I never <laughs> deliver the mail. Um, oh, it's not my job, so I'm off the hook. Uh, but um, definitely look into SWOT analysis. I'm a yes. big fan of those. Um, one of the things that may fall in your opportunities or threats uh, are your financials. We talked about planning mm-hmm. for, we talked about goals, but... Let's get down into the nitty gritty of how you are balancing the money that's coming in versus the money that's coming out. Have you set up separate business bank accounts from your personal accounts? Mm-hmm. And if you haven't, go back and check out the podcast episode we did with Rachel LaMancha, who is a fantastic bookkeeper, um, who we'll goes into in the show notes. Exactly. Who goes into exactly what you need to do. Um, it's not, it doesn't have to be complicated, but if you're not if you're not doing it, then your taxes are complicated. And this is whatever country you're working in, you need to have them separate. Because yeah, to be clear, you don't need a business specific bank account. You just need, it could be two personal checking savings accounts, you know, but one where your business money goes and one where all of your other money goes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And where you pay yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and this might be the opportunity if you're kind of digging in and you're like, oh, this is so hard and I can't figure this out. This might be the opportunity to, to go and talk with a bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily even have to hire one, but spend a little bit of time and yeah, a little bit of money, uh, talking to a bookkeeper and help and going through your financials with them to get their input and get their thoughts. You know, they are, they're, professionals and they know what they're doing and they can point out mistakes you're making and things that you could be doing that will save you money or at the very least save you time and save you effort and a great time to do that is right now at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. when your financials for 2022 are fresh uh, and they can set you up for success in this coming year again you don't necessarily have to hire them to work with you every month but you could, um, but even just sitting down and talking with the bookkeeper or an accountant, if you want to go that direction, um, will, will pay off in again and again and again. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think people, especially freelancers, we can be scared of looking and digging into the numbers, but that's when you know what you need to do and what is actually achievable. I think a lot of people feel relief once they do it. It's like this fear of looking at the numbers of like, oh, I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Oh, what's that big number I need to hit or whatever it is. Uh, you know, what, what's healthcare going to cost and this and that. And once you actually do the math and have it all out, that's where you can have a game plan. And that's how you can move forward and feel confident in what you're doing versus just kind of not knowing and guessing and and hoping you bring in the biggest number possible and hoping you land a big client or whatever it is when you might, you know, realize when you do out the math, oh, I have these couple of clients already that are small, but they're consistent. And if I add one more, oh, I actually hit my number that I need to hit or whatever it is. The only way to truly know is to do it all out, have it on paper, and then update that when you check in with yourself every quarter to look at the, again, nothing to do with if you don't have a necessarily financial goal, but to dig into your just business numbers. So you have a sense of what's coming in, what's going out, what needs to be spent, opportunities to potentially, to Nikki's point, to save on, you know, are there tax deductions that you don't know about, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the only way to know is to have that And once you do it, it's a lot easier then to continue updating it. It's getting that system in place and then just maintaining it versus getting to the end of 2022 and saying, Mm -hmm. now I'm going to dig through all of my records and suss out the personal from the professional and what is a write-off and what is it. Start now, start fresh. Yeah. I absolutely used to be the kind of person who did not like to look at my my checking accounts or any of my accounts. And I would just kind of ignore them for as long as I could and cross my fingers that checks would go through. And I just, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what I, if I could tell you where it came from, but I just, I never liked to look at them and just, I would just kind of hope that there was money in them. And the longer that I went without looking at it, the, the more, the scarier it would get. And then the less I would want to look in there. So so I would get to tax season and go, and then I have to dig in and set aside a whole weekend on top of the fact that, by the way, if you're not looking at your checking account, you will be paying for things. And sometimes you'll get a, oh, that didn't go through. Um, granted, this is luckily, this is a, a fear that I put aside a, a while ago. Um, but my tip for you is that the, the, best way to overcome that is to start checking your numbers, your financials every day, because when you check it every day, it's, there's not going to be any like drastic surprise, really none of it should be a surprise, but a drastic difference from day to day. And when you get used to checking in, you get comfortable with the numbers that are in there and you're checking your personal accounts, checking your business accounts and checking your, um, checking your invoice tracking sheet to say, okay, I sent out this invoice and this one should be coming back soon. And Oh, I haven't seen this one come in yet. So let me send that client a note. And this can be, it can take probably like maximum of 15 minutes, more like five to 10, but that checking in every day makes you more comfortable with your financials. And the more comfortable you are with your financials, the easier it is going to be for you to start growing the growing your income and saving more of your income. So that's my 
learn from learn from my silly mistakes in my youth. Uh, but I know it's 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 very common for us to want to just not look at mm-hmm. stuff that scares us. But when you start committing to facing it and facing it daily, it's a lot less scary. I think it's a lot faster. It's so much faster to check in regularly than it is to wait and have to dig in to a lot more. And it, yeah, it's, it's a slow process. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. When you save up your financials for, for a year, it's miserable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about looking at money a lot, which is very, very important, of course. Um, but let's look into how you work. You guys know that we're big fans of working to to your best energy or working to the, the best time of day. And now, if you have not taken the time to figure that out, here we are, January. Let's set yourself up for success this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would start, you know, beginning of the year, perfect time. In the next couple of weeks, see where your time's going. See, notice, you know, track it in a, a Google Sheet or an Excel doc or whatever it is, kind of what you're doing, how long it's taking you, uh, where you fight, you know, rate your energy level. Is it is it easy to get this done? Is it a slog? Are there certain times you start noticing patterns over the next two weeks where it's like, ooh, you know, I'm done by 4 p.m. or Ooh, I really can't get going to like 11 is when I start to really turn, turn the gas on or, um, am I early riser? And that's when I get my best work done and I need to do save something, you know, very easy for the afternoon, figuring out what is best and actually doing that by tracking it for a few, I was going to say a few days, but definitely at least a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go back and look over it and, and see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll get a sense for for when you do that creative work best, um, but you'll also get a sense for where your time is going. Because when you mm-hmm. actually have to write, we're like, well, I'm at my desk at nine o'clock every morning, and I do client work. You know, I break for lunch, but I do client work until five. And you look at your schedule and you go, mm, actually, um, well, so I'm at my desk at nine, but um, well, I'm looking at you know, I'm looking at Instagram until about 9.15 and then I check the local news and that usually goes to like 9.30, sometimes 9.45 and then I check my personal email and then sometimes if there's a really good sale, I'll click through and then I'll, and then you go, oh. You're describing my morning. I know exactly. <laughs> um, I, that's, that is also my morning. <laughs> um, but you may notice that you're at your desk at 9.00 but mm-hmm. you're not actually doing work until like 10:15 or 10:30. And so when you're looking this we see this a lot when you're looking at your your copywriting income and you're like I'm working full time and my rate is $50 an hour and I'm only making 65,000. Yeah. It's not time to bump up your rates necessarily, exactly. which we'll talk about. It might mm-hmm. be time, but it might also be some. Yeah. You're not actually working full time. And that's why you don't have to work full time. If you don't want to figure out what you want to do, but don't tell yourself you're working full time and not actually 
be working full time. And to that end too, just not to go off on a tangent, but make sure that you are accounting for all of the time that you are working with clients. If clients are sending you emails and you have to drop everything to answer that email, that all needs to go into, Mm -hmm. needs to be factored into your project pricing. Yeah. When you track your time, you might see, oh, I charged, you know, whatever it was for this project based on 10 hours worth of my time. But here's 15 minutes here I spent, and here's another five minutes, and here's another half an hour. And all of a sudden, you have a couple of hours additional of little things that maybe you didn't factor in. And so it'll get you better at knowing, okay, here's what I need to charge for projects. And here's all these other things that just kind of slip through the cracks that I forget about. Um, I can't tell you how valuable that is to, to actually see all the little things you're doing and how much time they actually add up to. Yeah. Yeah, because that is you are you are sabotaging yourself and you're giving you're giving yourself away for free. So mm-hmm. often when we hear copywriters say, Well, I'm working all the time and I'm just not making I'm not making the the numbers that I want to make and you know my my hourly rate is good. Yeah, if it's fifty, seventy-five bucks an hour and you say you're working full time, you should absolutely be soaring above six figures based on math. So Exactly. So you're you're figure out what's what's going off, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Speaking of, I know this doesn't necessarily fit into um your time, which I wanna get back to, but I know I mentioned raising your rates. It's a good time to sit down and look at is it time? Is it, if you didn't do it, you know, talk to your clients in beginning of December and let them know you were going to raise it. Um, definitely take the time to evaluate it now, evaluate it, put on time on your calendar, come like November, December as well. It's always a good time to, to look at the year and what's gone by and have, are your rates in line with the value you're bringing? Um, look at what you've learned and what new experience you've gained. Does that justify kind of an increase in your rates? Um, and consider it, consider, you know, Go in knowing if you have regular clients, if you're going to tell them, say, hey, um, just so you know, give them a month's notice at least of like, hey, on this date, I'm going to start raising my rates. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing project price, you might not even have to cross that bridge. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing hourly, yes, you need to kind of notify them. Uh, but no, have in mind what you're what you're willing to walk away from. If the client's not willing to meet you where you know you want to charge, then have your kind of line in the sand of, mm-hmm. of being willing to say, nope, I'm going to find a new client that's that's willing to charge my rate. Um, and you know that you will find them. Um, but if you really love working with the client, kind of have an idea of like, okay, am I willing to negotiate? Am I willing to, you know, bridge the gap of meeting halfway or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And raising your rates doesn't mean, you know, doubling them or yeah. adding on 25. Raising your rates should be a, a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. It should, you know, going, adding $5 more an hour, which I know is like, dollars more an hour that's nothing but that actually works out to be a substantial increase over the course of a year mm-hmm. um so five dollars maybe i don't think i've actually ever raised my rates at a single time ten dollars it's always been but five dollars for me evaluate yeah, the, only, the only time i've done is because i hadn't raised my rates in like two and a half to three years of the client that was why, and they were fine with it, but that was the only time. And that was, that was my own fault for not scheduling in that time. And well into the new year, I thought, Oh, this is, could I have done it in April or whatever it was? Yes. But I just, you know what? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Well, and you were lucky. I mean, not lucky because obviously your client valued you and that kind of thing. Sure, but but yes. when you then, 
if you don't do it for a couple of years and it makes sense to do a, a $10, God, even $15 rate hike, your client's going to feel that. Yeah. Whereas if you're gradually increasing, you know, $5 every year or every couple of years, if you're increasing at 10 or $15 an hour, it's they're, they're going to feel it. And uh, they may not want to continue working with you. If you have that, I mean, $15 an hour on a, a regular, if you're doing regular work with them is, is a pretty significant increase for a client. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to consider too, is just the number of days and hours you do want to work. If you want to work three days a week and you have a certain financial goal, goal or amount that you need to bring in, figure out what that looks like and what that means for you. Um, same thing, you know, if you want to work five days a week, four days, whatever it is, um, or something slightly different where it's, you know, I want to work 25 days a month and there are certain days off and however that works out. Um, but do, do the math on that with, with your numbers and block off your schedule again, if there are certain days you want to, you want to take off but know how many hours a day is it? I only have three hours in the morning and a couple in the evening, or um, maybe it's less, maybe it's more, whatever it is, but actually look at what your schedule is, how you want to, in an ideal world, how you want it to shake out and and plan for that and and plan your calendar around that so that as much as possible, you stick to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the same throughout the year too, Mm -hmm. you know, in the winter, uh, when it's at least in my part of the world, our part of the world, Kate, it's, it's cold out and nothing much to do, but nothing much to do. <laughs> I'm not a skier. I don't want to go outside when it's cold. I just want to be inside. Um, so I don't mind doing a lot of, uh, to do spending a lot of time working during those hours. Cause I'm, I'm inside anyway. And I like what I do for a living, but mm-hmm. And you may feel the same way. Uh, But then when you get to spring or summer, you may want to change up your schedule. You Mm -hmm. know, I know someone who she owns her own business and it's just understood that in the summer she does not work on Fridays and her work schedule is nine to three, Monday through Thursday. And that's her team knows that. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it works. Uh, But that's it accommodates her business, but it also comes to the fact that her two girls are home and she wants to be able to spend more time with them and get away for long weekends. And so you have that ability to plan that for yourself and make that happen for yourself. And why mm-hmm. not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is talking a lot about uh, bigger term planning, yearly planning, quarterly planning, monthly planning and setting time each week. And now, you know, you guys are like, my schedule is full of meetings with myself. No, those are not long meetings, promise. However, we are going to suggest we add one more meeting to yourself. And actually it's, it's a daily meeting or at the very least, if you're not going to call it a specific daily meeting, do make the first thing you do when you sit down to your desk don't check out. Don't go shopping. Don't go to, don't go to Instagram. Don't go to Buzzfeed or whatever. Um, sit down and write, figure out the one big thing you have to get done that day that will move your business forward. Not like, Oh, I need to talk to a designer about a logo. 
No, because logos won't move your business forward and you don't actually need a logo. So make sure it's not. And I say that with so much love, a little bit of tough love, but so much love. You don't actually need one. Um, Make sure that it's actually going to be an activity that does move you forward. Don't let the resistance hop in and be like, well, maybe I should research this today or maybe I should, I don't know, I set up my website, but maybe I need to redo it. That's just your resistance keeping you back. Mm -hmm. Figure out what, and it can also be resistance too, to be like, there's not one thing I have to do. I have to do six things today and they all have to get done today. Even though realistically you can't actually get six things done. That is also resistance telling you that all of those things have to be done. And if you don't get them all done, then you're failing. And what's the point of doing any of this? Also resistance. Resistance is insidious. It is very, very tricky. So Figure out, and who have, there's a book called The One Thing, which just essentially basically says this, pick one thing. Uh, but if you really need to hammer it home, read the book. I forget exactly who wrote it. But link to um, it in the- yeah, link to it in the show notes. But fundamentally what it comes down to is what is the one thing that if you do it, it will move your business forward. And yes, I'm not saying just do one thing because you will have multiple things, but what is your top goal for the day? What are you going to do first and get that done? And then yes, move on to the other things that you want to get through. But what is that number one thing? And figure out what that is at the beginning of every day and then do it first thing every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we know we have given you guys a lot of a lot of stuff to do. I believe I did warn you though to grab a pen and pencil, so you were duly warned. Um, of course, this is a, a podcast uh, and or video. However, you're consuming it, so you can't go back and watch it again, or listen to it again, or save it um, and come back to it later. Uh, but these are all real and true action steps. And if there's one thing that we can recommend that you do, it's go right now and put these appointments with yourself on your calendar. So it's not like, oh, well, yeah, I'll think about my goals later. Why don't you put an hour on your schedule tomorrow to figure out what your goals are going to be? And then schedule out time to meet with yourself each quarter each month, all of that, each week, day. I know that it sounds like like overkill. Oh, how much time can I meet with myself? But the more that you do meet with yourself and the more that you stay checked in and the more that you stay focused on what it is that you want to accomplish, the, the, the exponentially better the chances will be that you actually accomplish them. Because anytime you get a little bit off track, you have that chance to to course correct, to to figure out, oh, God, you know, I I tried that and it didn't work. Let me try this instead or whatever it is. Um, The more that you check in, the more you will stay on track and the much better the chances that next year, this time when we're talking to you and we're talking about checking in, you will be able to say, yeah, I actually, I, I made a goal at the beginning of 2022 and I hit that goal and I can't wait to see what 2023 is going to bring me. And that is what we want for you. 2023. That sounds like the future. <laughs> it is the future. We will all have flying cars by then. So cross that off your list. Start saving up now for your flying car in 2023. It's going to be great. 
Okay, so as always, we hope that was helpful and we hope you have um, a lot of takeaways from it. At the very least, set up some meetings. Uh, and of course, set up a meeting for yourself to meet us here next time for the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.